You're listening to Stocks and Sandals, a podcast by Stock Dads for Stock Dads. Following two best buds and former college roommates on their journey to master the stock market and the art of being a dad. So pull up your cargo shorts, put on your grass-stained New Balances, and let's throw some stocks on the grill. Here are your hosts, DJ Brown and Mike Sabala. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Stocks and Sandals podcast. This is your host, Mike Sabala, joined by the one and only DJ Brown. Um, and that is actually his real name. I've, uh, I've gotten some feedback, DJ, that they don't think that's your real name. They think it's like some kind of podcast. Alias? Alias, really? yeah. Uh-huh. Which would be a really bad, really, really bad <laughs> alias. Yeah, I'm gonna pick something way cooler if uh, if it's gonna be an alias. It's not gonna be DJ Brown. It's probably the most yeah. lame generic name ever. No, those are just my initials. Uh, David James are my first two names, and uh, Brown is the world's most boring last name. But here I am. Yeah. That's me. That's interesting that you receive that feedback. I know. I thought it was kind of interesting too. I feel like I'm not like, important enough to have an alias. You know what I mean? Not yet. For sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. But I guess if yeah. you were to have one, a super unoriginal, like boring one would make sense. Wow. Thank oh. you. Appreciate oh. that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if I have one, I'm going with uh, the one that we had. You remember uh, uh, Big Quench's episode when we talked uh, about Big Air, or, Hammer. Uh, Air Hammer? Yeah, Air Hammer is going to be my... <laughs> Uh, is definitely going to be my <laughs> alias for sure. Yeah. Um, but hey, nice job on the introduction. You you don't sound super sick like I know you are. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, uh, I've been sick the uh, last few days. I don't know. I don't know if our guests can see, but I've got like a huge swollen uh, lymph node. Right wow. Here. Yeah, it looks like a looks like he's got a baseball in his throat. Yeah, it's been it's been rough. Did you get um out of work? for a couple of weeks because you know with the whole covid thing going on they'd be like yeah just stay home for 14 days well so i work from home anyway um oh, but i yeah i went and did get tested for covid and it was not a good time at all it was <laughs> it was real bad <laughs> they like touch your brain don't they like with like a, a swab they like reach in and just like blast your brain <laughs> yeah they go in pretty deep um it's like up back in, I, I'm pointing, nobody's going to be able to see, but it's like, it's deep in there. Um, You're used to that though, right, Mike? Huh? You're used to that. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was surprised because they did, they do both nostrils. Like I was expecting just one. Like you, do they think you have COVID in just like half of your face and not the other half maybe they have to check both that's I, weird i don't know why couldn't they i don't know yeah, i mean it's kind of weird how they could get your dna just from touching something now <laughs> they can't test for covid without it's in there so. <laughs> both sides <laughs> Uh, well, um, before we go down this rabbit hole, uh, let's, uh, let's formally introduce our guest who you've already been hearing talk a little bit here now, but today we are super excited to have on Clayton Allen. Um, Clayton Allen is, uh, also known. He actually does have an alias cause he is cool like that. He's the day trading plumber. Um, and, He's he's super uh, active on our Stock Dads Facebook page, has been um, just very valuable to the community. Uh, and what he does is Forex. And that is what we are going to be talking about today because Forex uh, to myself and I think Mike is a total mystery. Um, no idea. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna dive into that. He's also uh, CEO of what is it, Allen FX? Is that what it is? Yeah, yep. All right, cool. Well, tell us more about yourself, Clayton. What what do you want the people to know? Yeah, I mean, like he said, I I a full time forex trader, I'm more of an investor in equities and stocks, and you know, I'm recently because I got a little bit more time on my hands. Uh, trying to take a lot of the same strategies that I have learned over the last 10 years in Forex 
to see if they work in day trading or swing trade, uh, swing trading of, of stocks. Um, so far, uh, it almost feels easier in stocks than, than Forex. And I know a lot of uh, those equities traders out there would be, you know, pounding on the on the microphone or the, the screen right now. Um, mostly because stocks just feel like everyone's everyone's on the same club. They're bias, biasly long, right? And it's like, if as long as uh, these stocks all go up, we're all happy. And yes, there's a handful of those equities traders that are, uh, you know, the, the short guys. Uh, they usually get pushed out of the room, and you know everyone kind of names them the you know the the negative Nellies in the room, trying to ruin everyone's day. Well, forex forex is completely different in that fact where, um, you know, the instruments are paired up, so there is no long bias right or short bias unless you know your strategy tells you so. Um, you know, and basically the the, the difficult part about it. Most equities or investor traders in that are in equities uh, struggle on forex because there really is no buy and hold strategy. Where you know one of my favorite things to do in equities as an investor is you know if there's a stock that trades a mi over a million <clears throat> a million dollars in volume daily on average and it hits the 200 period moving average on a daily chart, you just buy it right and you hold it. That's if you if you go back and look at uh, pretty much any stock that's in S and P five hundred, you go back twenty years and you bought it every time it crossed over the two hundred period moving average, and held it. You'd be way ahead right now. Like <clears throat> Apple, you would have had about six or seven buying opportunities since two thousand, and you would have got in at two dollars a share, and you'd be sitting pretty happy right now. And you know you would have had to gone through a little bit of drawdown, nothing serious, uh, you know, just waiting for that stock to come up. And forex, that's just not a strategy because uh, price moves in waves. And what makes it so interesting is you know you look at those highs and lows, and support and resistance really plays its toll in in forex, and it gives you the illusion that it's predictable. And that's what lures a lot of people into Forex is there's a lot of technical strategies. Uh, most of them work, right? There's a lot of people out there putting um, strategies for free on YouTube. And I would say a lot of those will work, uh, but everyone's looking for the holy grail that works 100% of the time. You never have losses. And it's really just that emotion where we're all trying to avoid pain. And I kind of look at trading as you can't avoid pain. So you're just going to have to learn how to deal with it in a structured manner. And, you know, that's what we call risk management, right? You're going to take losses. And how do you manage those losses to where it's just a, you know, a small percentage of your account. And if you have a winning strategy that has a higher risk, uh, you know, win percentage than 50% and you're trading each trade over a one-to-one, -one, you're going to make money over time. So tell me about um, how you got started with Forex. Like, just tell me about like your, your backstory a little bit and like, you know, what got you into Forex in general? So when I was in my early twenties, this was pre 2008, um, I had bought into a bar and at the time I was DJing a little bit and, you know, I was still a full-time plumber at the time. So I spent my weekends DJing and I had bought into a bar and over the next, you know, year and a half worked at the bar. So I made a little bit of money working at the bar and then uh, the owner, my partner bought me out. So right at, right when 2008 happened, I found myself with about $150,000 in cash and I knew I wanted to invest it. So I started you know, doing what a lot of your guys's uh, listeners and guys in the group did. They got their uh, stimulus check in March, right? I started Googling and looking around for you know, how do I day trade? How do I uh, get involved? And I did probably the stupidest thing, you know, looking back, uh, but at night, all the all the auto 
automakers went in to the new president, Obama, and Ford was the only one that didn't ask for a bailout. So I looked at Ford's stock and it was trading right around $1.47 at the time. And before the 2008 crisis, it was up around $28 or $30 a share. So I took every dollar of that $125,000 and bought Ford stock. And back in those days, we didn't have Webull or Robinhood. So I had to call a broker and he was heavily, he was like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Stupidest <laughs> thing you could do. Um, so I, uh, I did it anyways. And I knew nothing about trading or investing. Um, and almost instantly, it just started going up. Like a lot of, a lot of people in March, right? If you bought pretty much anything that plummeted in March, it was going up. Now, it didn't go up as rapidly and fast as this re latest recovery. But in the next two years, it was back at $28 a share. And I had made just under $3 million on that one trade. So now I'm in my, you know, mid to late 20s. 2008 is kind of a thing in the past. I'm a millionaire. I'm still working full time as a plumber. And I did what everyone tells us to do. Give your money to someone that knows what they're doing. You got lucky. So I uh, gave it to a money manager and, you know, I wanted to be aggressive. And I think, you know, having that one lucky trade gave me that bug and probably made my expectations a little too high. And, you know, I watched this money manager in the next year and the bullish, you know, at the time, the bullish run of our lifetimes. He made me about 6% that year. And, you know, he charged me one and a half percent. And I wasn't happy with that. I was, I felt like I could do better. So uh, I got into Forex because the markets are open 24 hours a day, six days a week. And I was a full-time plumber at the time. So I felt like, oh, I could get off work. I could trade at night and, you know, still work my day job. Well, knowing what I know now, there's, there's better times to trade in that 24 hours. And, you know, for, for me here in Colorado, I was trading the Asian session, <clears throat> which is historically the boringest session of all. Uh, price moves really slow. Uh, and, you know, there's pretty much 28 currency pairs that I trade. It's all the majors and crosses, where in stocks, you guys have you know, thousands of different stocks to, to filter through. And, you know, if you stay out of the exotics, the exotic currency pairs, you know, there's really only 28 that that matter and then if you're in the asian session there's really only like four or five that move during that asian session so it just took some time to to really narrow down you know a trading plan and what pairs i want to trade in what session and you know off to the races and then uh you know i did like most people i got my butt kicked uh i learned a few strategies that started to show some promise but I couldn't watch the charts all the time. And one, one, one of the things that's really good about Forex and, you know, the most popular platform that all Forex traders have either used or still use with MetaTrader 4 is you can code your own robot to trade for you. So back in those days, you know, I designed a strategy, found a guy that would sell me his robot. So I didn't have to start from scratch with the code. And I just adapted that code to the strategies that I was working with and then just ramped, ramped it up. And you know, in 2013 is when I went live with the robot and the robot would do everything for me. I, I didn't have to pretty much didn't have to get involved unless you know, I have certain levels of drawdown that I go, all right, it's in a little bit too much trouble. I either pause it or trade my way out. But that robot took a $40,000 account, made one and a half percent a week for the next seven years. And, you know, now it's, you know, a little over $4 million, that $40,000 account. So, you know, Forex has been good to me. And, you know, as far as uh, what I do with my day trading now is I take all the money I make each month and I pull it out of Forex and I just, I diversify my my uh, investments, right? I buy real estate or I'll buy, 
if there's a stock touching the 200 day period moving average that's above a million dollar uh daily volume just buy a little bit of it and you know because <clears throat> i look at equities as more of that i want to be on the long bias team so i'll buy a little bit of stock when it's cheap and hold on to it right obviously i'm not taking a position to where if i go in a little bit of drawdowns putting me in any kind of Oh, sweating like some of the trades I put on in Forex. But that's pretty much how I got into Forex. I still trade it today because if it's not broke, don't don't fix it type of thing, right? And uh, you know, I've invested 10 years of my life now staring at these charts and these pairs. And you know, just recently I started going, well, I wonder if what I've put together would work on stock charts. So I started, I'm kind of like what you described earlier, the guy that just invested a stimulus check when it came out. And that's, that's pretty much when I got started with investing and everything. So before that, like I'd never even heard of Forex. And it, at this point, I've pretty much just heard of it. Like I don't really know what it is. So could you, I guess, before we go further, just describe what, what Forex is? Like, what are you trading? Like, it doesn't sound like it's stocks or equities like it sounds like it's something a little bit different i know you mentioned like the pairing so can you just kind of tell us what exactly you're trading yeah so forex is the foreign exchange currency market and the only reason why it exists is banks from other countries have to do business with other banks from other countries and that's why uh you know it's open 24 hours a day because Money is the one thing we need access to all the time. So, for, for instance, if you think about, uh, you know, Four Seasons, the company, the hotel, it's a Canadian company, but it has properties all over the world. So the revenue that's generated in that country, eventually that money has to find its way back to corporate, right? And, you know, there's lot, way more complexities than that. So these banks doing business have to know an exchange rate, <clears throat> what what they're going to get for you know the U.S. dollars, and if you're working with a bank in uh, you know Europe, you're going to need euros, right? You're going to exchange euros. So someone has to define who, what, what price, do, how many dollars do I give you for one euro? So where that takes place is on that pair euro us dollar pair right now when you give your money to a broker it's not like i'm buying or uh, buying euros but basically what you're doing is you're saying hey broker i'm going to give you 10 grand of my us dollars and the broker or his the prime broker is going to let you borrow their euro if let's say you buy that pair now if you believe if you believe the euro is going to gain value on the dollar, speculation or you know whatever your analysis is telling you, you would buy that pair. The chart goes up. Now, when you sell it back, you're going to get more of your U.S. dollars back for the euro. Does that make sense? Yeah, kind of. Kind of. <laughs> Here's how I explain it to people because you could get you could go way down the rabbit hole, and you know it's it's really complex, but it's also really simple. So let's say the Broncos are playing the Patriots and uh, Broncos are home team. So the Broncos are the first name in the pair. So when you're looking at that chart with that pair, if you think the Broncos are going to win, you would buy that. If you think the Patriots are going to win, you would sell it. And you don't need to own either one of them. You're just basically buying or selling on that chart. Your broker is going to lend you whatever currency that is. I guess if you if you had to put a connection, connect the dot that way. And then if you if you speculated right, and the pair that you either bought or sold, uh, if you bought it, it values up on the one it's paired, meaning the Broncos beat the Patriots. You get back. You get back more of your dollars than where you bought it. It's a lot like your last episode where the gentleman was talking about an option trade, right? Where you say, 
Don't don't remind me of the options episode, man. <laughs> I'm still you, struggling with it. You're talking about <laughs> options, and you're giving Mike sports analogies, and Mike with sports is just like well, it is. If you I'm think lost. That, if you think that stock's gonna go up, right? You would buy an option and go look. I think someone's gonna want this. Someone's gonna want this option for more money later because the stock is going up in value. The reason why options exist is because companies like Four Seasons, right? For instance, buys natural gas all around the world and they want locked in pricing. So, you know, they will, you know, it's kind of, they will lock in the price. They'll pay a little bit above market price now so they can lock in that that cost. So in Forex, um, it's as simple as just, is this going to go up or down? tells you buy or sell now that gives people the illusion that it's a 50 50 you know it's a 50 50 bet and it it closely is it's kind of like when vegas adds the zero and the double zero on the roulette table now you have swap charges and spreads and spreads will increase and decrease based on liquidity in the in the market so even though the the market is open 24 hours a day there's there's dull periods where if you're not experienced you might open a trade and if you're not looking at the spreads you might find yourself 20 30 pips behind as soon as you open the, the trade which is pretty bad because wait what's a what's a pip so a pip is the smallest unit of measurement it's a hundredth of a penny doesn't sound that bad <laughs> yeah, so what's funny is how can you make ten dollars for every hundredth of a penny change in currency value right that's leverage so forex is heavily leveraged market where you know in equities i think you guys are capped unless you have a really big account or know someone at a you guys are capped at like four percent and four percent leverage um, and I think even a lot of your listeners in Robinhood probably don't trade with leverage at all, which is smart. Uh, but Forex, it's kind of, you can't get away with it unless you have tens of hundreds of millions of dollars because, you know, a contract is, you know, the smallest position you could take is $1,000, which is a micro lot. Oh, so that only, that, that only affects my margin you could trade that with a $50 account because you're trading with 50 times leverage. That's the highest leverage you could get here in the U S and some places overseas I've heard as high as leverage is thousand to one, which is just crazy. Which just amplifies the amplifies your wins and amplifies your losses. Um, but leverage is just a, a, a tool and that's why it's really dangerous for people to start trading in Forex without at least being a demo account, learning how that leverage affects their margin, learning how fast. I mean, Trump can tweet about the wall. And if you're trading the US Mexican peso, it'll move a thousand pips in a second. But if you have a full lot on, which is a hundred thousand dollar contract, thousand pips, you know, it's $10 a pip. So it, it's $10,000 move in a couple seconds. So, that kind of money-making ability lures a lot of people into Forex. It statistically is going to destroy a lot of people because they don't respect the markets the way they need to in the beginning. And it's, you know, you just can't gamble. You just can't go, uh, it's going up. Throw your whole account. I mean, risk, risk management is really big. Um, there's not that long bias like there is in uh, stocks. Where, you know, if you get caught in a bad trade and you're like, oh, I'll just wait it out. Tesla will eventually go back up. Eh, there's, <laughs> there, there's no guarantee it's going back up. And what moves the Forex markets is the strength of the country's currency's economy. So if banks raise interest rates or if the federal bank raises interest rates, there'll be a demand on that currency because interest rates, you know, money so if you own that currency you start getting paid more in swap and swap is a you know 
a big deal for these major players in Forex, which are banks and institutions, because a, a lot of times the, tr the big trades they're making are just to park cash somewhere where it's making them interest. So, you know, idle cash isn't making money. So a lot of times uh, they'll gobble up U.S. dollars because we have a higher interest rate than, than most country. And if you're holding U.S. dollars and you're in Japan, you're making, you know, three, four percent on that on that carry trade. That's why the, the euro or the U.S. dollar JPY pair is such a so correlated with the U.S. equities market. Gotcha. Well, so um, Forex, as you know, I mean, we've talked about this before. Forex gets a bad rap. Right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's got a, a reputation about it. When I first uh, started the Stock Dads group, um, I'll be honest, I had Forex and I still have Forex uh, listed as a, a keyword that pops up every time somebody says something about it. Um, so that I, I can quick to jump on it if it's some sort of uh, scam opportunity, right? You're on our blacklist in the Stock Dads group with all the uh, Forex comments. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't get away with nothing, can I? <laughs> we'll call it the watch list. Um, so as soon as, some, as soon as somebody posts about it, like we're watching it, like just to kind of see, like, is this some sort of uh, scam, whatever. Now, after working with you and, and getting to know you and, and how genuine you are and how like just honest and decent of a guy you are, uh, I no longer believe that to be the case all the time, at least. So can you kind of give me some background on why it gets such a bad rap and like, you know, what, what's the deal with the, the people that may be the scam artists and how they use this? Oh, okay. So Forex. Here's what's different about it, right? Forex, there's no one governing body over the whole market. There's like the New York Stock Exchange. There's governing bodies that control the whole thing. Now, I like to feel like the New York Stock Exchange could be easily manipulated more than Forex due to that. And um, you know, so it's Forex has become a breeding ground because it's a lot more relaxed overseas. Right, like uh, in Australia, you could trade both directions. You could trade with four hundred to one leverage. Um, you can copy trade accounts legally over there. You can manage people's money legally over there through forex. So it's been this it's this hot hotbed of you know, scammers who can't really trade. If they can lure you in by showing you one good trade that made them ten thousand dollars in a day. And, you know, my favorite one is, you know, you could trade from anywhere. Look, I'm on the beach, right? And it's, you know, when you get serious about trading, it's it's true. I could trade anywhere that I have a Wi-Fi connection. Would I do that? Probably not because it's a serious business. And it's kind of why I got into coaching because I, I did very well myself. And a lot of people were like, I even put yourself out there, you know, why, why even get involved, you know, just make your money. And, and I just saw so many people getting ripped off by these people with signal services, uh, you know, deposit 500 bucks and get $1,500 next week. Guaranteed. It's just, it's disgusting because they're, they're preying on people's, we all, we all, when you lay your head at night and start dreaming, you know, that, that in between before sleep and you run it through your head, or at least I do what I want to do, right. What would be my dream and, you know, making money to do whatever it is you want to do with, you know, relatively easy on your body. I don't have to have employees. I don't have to, you know, build this huge business. It, you know, that lures a lot of people in, they just get taken advantage of. Now, some of the things that Forex has been labeled, right, is a lot of people get sucked into Forex through MLMs, a multi-level marketing, especially overseas. And, you know, that whole, we all know how that business goes, right? It's, hey, I'll teach you how to trade, but uh, it's not really about making money from trading. It's about sucking more people in 
to pay the $200 a month or whatever for the training. And, you know, that's just all hogwash and trade, you know, trading Forex can get consistent. You can make decent money at it, but it's going to take 10 years staring at charts and, you know, building a strategy. Now you can shorten that with proper coaching and, and back testing and all of those things, but it's, it's just like anything else. Uh, you, you know, you would not believe how many people co contact me and they already have their business plan because everyone, the first thing people do when they go to a business plan is how much money am I going to make? Right? So they, they already fill out, I have a thousand dollar account. And if I double that every week, I'll be a millionaire in three years. So that is doable, but highly unlikely, just like in stocks, right? I mean, it's almost statistically impossible. Now, what I always tell people is let's just practice not losing money. That's the first goal. So how are you going to manage your risk? Where's your out? Every time you open a trade, where is price? Where is where are you going to get out first? For where are you going to take your profit? Um, you know, it's just too many people out there are making it sound super easy. And you know, when you really break it down, physically, it's it's really easy to just hit a button. Um, but mentally, as you guys have probably started to learn with your your Robinhood and Webull accounts, when when whatever you're invested in just keeps going up every day, it feels really easy. Then when it starts going against you and you start going, well, I'm still in profit, so I'm going to let it run. And then, oh, I believe in Elon. We're going to hold on forever. And those emotions that start coming into your head, right? like, where do I get out? What do I do? Those are, those are what we got to learn and what we got to battle, right, is, is – Figuring out how are we going to act when that pain is, is right in front of us? How far will we stretch into that pain? But to answer your question, GJ, yeah. So, go ahead. No, you can, you can finish that thought. I'll go once you finish. To answer your question. Yes, there's a lot of scammers in Forex. What I always tell people, if you are going to take coaching from anyone, buy anything from anyone, signals from anyone you you have you have a couple things you need to be able to check off your list one if they're presenting themselves as a trader who actually makes money trading should be able to show you their own third-party verifiable results right? not just a screenshot not a bank statement right there's there's websites like my FX books where you can Tie your account to, and then they make it third party verified. They verify that you are that person. They record every move. And, you know, anyone that's telling you they're a trader, ask for it. If they're unwilling to give that to you, I don't even care. I don't even care if they're massively successful, right? They could even have a losing month. If, if, the, if they're willing to share that with you, they're honest. And then, you know, if they're a coach, but they no longer trade, you should be able to talk to that person, have an interview with them without paying for them. And, you know, are they just trying to get money from you? Or are they really just trying to get you where you really need to be? Because I have a lot of people I connect with that really shouldn't be trading, right? They're like, uh, I need to make my house payment next month. And I'm like, oh my God, no. The, the amount of pressure you're going to put on yourself I, I lost my job. I have five grand left. I need to double it in the next three weeks so I can pay my house payment. No, that's gambling, right? You're not going to make it. You're going to be stressed out. You're going to be putting way too much risk on. You don't even know how to trade. You just saw some guy on Instagram that says he can help you flip, flip that $5,000 in a week. It's just going to end badly. And, you know, the last thing is, um, don't buy anything from anyone, you know, if, if you're, uh, your intuition's telling you this is too good to be true. Because I will tell you, anyone who is 
real at Forex will tell you, you know, to have a 60% or better winning strategy, you're part of, you know, 3%, 4% of people that can do that. You know, and just, just because winning strategy is high as well, right? My robot is 87% right on a seven-year record. However, it carries 20% drawdown very normally. So someone that you can't just, well, give me your robot, right? It's like, well, are you ready for 20% of your uh, account day in and day out? Now, I call it inventory. I, I look at my open trades as inventory, just like any other business. Where you just got to manage that inventory. And part of business is, you know, you're going to make revenue, but you got to pick up more inventory. And that inventory just doesn't sell right off the, right off, you know, the floor every day. That's the, how that robot strategy works. You know? And, you know, if you're trading a million dollars, you're staring at 200 grand at all the time that, you know, if something goes wrong, you're, it's gone. So you have to work your way up to that level and you have to work your way into that, be trusting it. On my day trading, I, I like to be out of the market by 11 a.m. every day. Now, if I'm trading the U.S. session, 4.30 to 11, I'm trading the Asian session, you know, I tend to want to be done at 10 p.m. my time, Mountain Standard Time. And I don't like carrying trades overnight you know, on, in my day trading strategy. So completely different strategies, completely different outlook on the markets. And, you know, when people get into Forex, I always tell them, taste everything. Try swing trading. Try position trading, which is kind of like watching grass grow. And it's very hard in Forex because... Like I said, there's no buy and hold or sell and hold strategy. Uh, but, you know, you you could be in a, a position trade for a couple months if you catch like a monthly chart support or resistance. Um, and then try day trading and try scalping, which, you know, scalping, everyone wants to go to scalping right away out of the gate because it's fun and it's like action. But, you know, it's really easy to just turn into a gambler right? Some people are just addicted to that action. And, you know, watching a one minute candlestick chart gives you that action, right? You're like, oh, oh, it's shooting up. I don't know. Do you guys ever, do you guys ever watch candlestick uh, charts or, because I don't think Robinhood has, they upgraded to candlesticks on their charts. So you can toggle it over to candlesticks, I believe. I don't, really use Robin. So if I'm looking at a chart, like I'll either go to TDA or if I have my computer, I'll go to like trading view to look at charts. Right. Yeah. Okay, I okay, usually okay. use, uh, I usually use trading view or Weeble or, uh, you know, one of those other, um, you're just using Robin hood to execute the trade. Yeah. It's just, uh, for me, like uh, I use different apps for different things. Um, but that's like, uh, that's like the cleanest and easiest like in and out to look at and get out of uh, for my style right now because I'm, uh, you know, I don't have a lot of time to be staring at it every day and always looking at stuff. But when I, um, you know, do have time to evaluate charts and stuff, I'm not using Robinhood to do that. But um, good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, for I sure. Ask if you guys have been on TradingView because in my opinion, TradingView far superior than any other charting platform out there. Uh, some of the traps that I see people get in, they get too reliant on all the gurus on there. And, you know, cause you could, you could look up something and see everyone's idea on that, you know, instrument like Forex, right? You could go to a pair like Australian dollar, us dollar, and you're going to see, this guy thinks it's a long, this guy thinks it's a short, you know, and they're, and they explain their strategies. It's, it's the program I use to do my videos and record, uh, you know, where I think price might go or what I'm going to do at that price. I try to not be like, I'm going to buy at this price. More like if price gets here, I'm going to look at a smaller time frames price action to confirm long or short. 
but I'm going to wait for it to get to this certain point. Um, so, you know, I get a lot of people when I put something out there, they think, oh, well, this guy has 25,000 followers on here. He must know what he's doing. No, he's just a really good marketer <laughs> and he's good at getting people, you know, his content's good. So what I tell people is, you know, don't go down that rabbit hole. Develop your own strategy, back test it. And I love the replay function on TradingView. I use it religiously. Uh, you know, I've been I've been day trading stocks on replay using my own strategies from Forex and and having quite quite good results, enough to where I think I'm ready to go. I, I might open a fifty thousand dollar TD Ameritrade account and start day trading stocks. Uh, using you know three minute candlesticks and Bollinger bands, and you know been doing it on Tesla every day and, and getting pretty good uh, results from it. Yeah, I think we're gonna want to do another episode for like strategies and stuff, both with forex and you know maybe blue chip stuff as well. But for today, let's kind of just stick more towards the forex side of things. And I had a quick question regarding how we can realistically like get started or explore if we wanted to. So like, I know you mentioned like it's, it's very heavily leveraged. So I'm just trying to figure out like how realistic is it for somebody like me, you know, who doesn't have a ton of extra money to throw around. Can I realistically start safely into Forex and build it up or like explore it a little bit without risking, you know, a lot? Yeah, um, obviously you could do demo account, and I think it's a lot easier to to set up and trade a demo account in forex than equities. Um, mostly because almost every forex broker will offer demo accounts. What I tell people is that kind of similar to like paper trading, like yeah, it's the exact same thing, right? Um, obviously on uh, Trading View they have the paper trading tab, so you could take trades on there. Uh, but I, I always recommend people to get MetaTrader 4, which you can, you can open a demo, a $100,000 demo account on your phone in 30 seconds, just downloading or putting the MetaTrader MT4 app on your phone. Now, I always tell people don't get used to just trading off your phone because, you know, the charts are small. Uh, but someone could use TradingView to chart just execute the trades right on the mt4 app on their phone i uh use desktop metatrader right which i you know get through uh oanda oanda gives you a free a demo account that is in metatrader and then you can link that account to my fx books very simple but then those uh every trade's recorded and you get massive amount of data you could use for for journaling your trades right that's another great habit that most successful traders journal every trade and the sessions are closed or when we're not trading we always go back and look at those trades how could i have traded better and i haven't found anything better than my fx books and even though it's a demo account it gives you a shareable link so like if you have a coach or have someone that's going to be critical could share that link and be like, hey, can you look at my trades this week? And you're like, hey, you won money, but this looks like you were drunk with your buddies and just put in a Hail Mary trade. And you woke up the next morning and it was a big winner. And, you know, is that repeatable? And that's what I'm always telling people is, hey, I'm glad you had a great week. How do you repeat it? I don't know. I, I just got in. I, I felt it. I'm like, okay, well, it's, that's not repeatable. And to be to to get consistent at trading, you got to have a repeatable method, and it's a lot of the reasons why I moved to a robot because I I realized early on in my trading, I couldn't follow the rules. <laughs> I'd get in a little too early, I'd close them. You know, I'd be watching the money and be like, "Oh man, I'm 500 ahead. That's enough. Fine, I'm good." And then you know the next day it hits the profit target. So you give a robot all of, all of that, right? It's like uh, the, a computer makes all those tough decisions. Now I'm just the CEO wa watching it. The, the you know from a, from a big picture view. I'm watching the P and L, and you know it's a different mindset. 
you know, but when you're discretionarily trading, you have, you know, most people focus on that first decision by yourself. And then they feel like all their energy was put into that first decision. And they're always looking for some strategy where they set a stop loss at a certain level and a TP, a take profit. And then it's just like, fate will take it. Well, mm-hmm. that works for some people, but there's a million decisions that go on every candlestick when you're in that trade, right? And it's managing that trade. And in the beginning, you're going to overmanage and talk yourself out of it. But back testing and doing it over and over again and having a thousand of those trades under your belt will help you make those right decisions. But, you know, I find whenever I just try to set it and forget it trading, which you know, a lot of these signal providers and people out there, hey, enter here, put your stop loss here. And, you know, these are the levels we want to take profit. It's very hard to do, especially with, you know, fundamental news comes out. Uh, you know, the best thing I found is once I open a trade, I watch price action. Price action will tell you where it's going to go. If you're listening, you're too heavily, you know, connected. Like, oh my God, I have to make a thousand dollars on this trade because that's where I put my take profit. Uh, you know, you're gonna struggle. You know, sometimes you gotta cut cut those winners a little short. And that's our part is is when you make that decision and then it goes there. Yeah. It's uh it's it that's super relevant and it, not just for forex but like in trading in general like you said you know it kind of it ties back to our episode with uh, Mike Tedeschi um, you know about building a trading plan and and having a plan ready to go before you even get in the trade and and you obviously have to be able to adapt and stuff as things happen but um, you know planning those things out and understanding kind of what you're trying to do before you get in is is super important so that you know you can be a lot more, I guess, robotic about the way you trade and and not let emotion kind of get, get so much in, into it. So, um, but Clayton, this has been super helpful, uh, you know, super informative. I, I really feel like um, wh- while I still don't fully grasp it, uh, it's not going to take a one 45 minute uh, to an hour episode to, to fully grasp it. You know, like you said, it takes years and years of practice and stuff, but um, you know, I, I think this is a, uh, a great start for anybody that's interested, um, you know, and, and that may want to kind of dip their toe in and and kind of, you know, see if the water's wet and kind of try and, um, you know, I don't know, see what this Forex thing is all about. But, um, you know, we're going to wrap up here uh, pretty soon. But, you know, we, as always, we got to get some dad action in here. So, um, Mike, do you have any uh, dad jokes for us? Um, I do. Let me see. I've got a few options here I can go with. Um, how about let's hear two of them? Oh, dude, I gotta make these last. No, screw that. No, I'm doing one. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fine. <laughs> um, okay. What is a tree's least favorite month? Uh, fall. That's not a month, Clayton. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. <laughs> what is it, Mike? All right, it is it is September. Oh. <sighs> That's the worst. I know. I feel really I feel really ashamed of what I just did. I'm so you sorry. Should. You should. <laughs> Actually, I kind of like that one. That was not that bad. That was pretty oh, solid. Oh, thanks, dude. Thanks, yeah. dude. Clayton, you got any for us? I got one. So uh, what do you call somebody with no body and no nose? And I thought I knew where you were going with this, but I don't think I know this one. What is it? Nobody knows. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually think that's pretty good. Like, yeah, usually, solid. So here's the thing. And I don't know if I should disclose this or not, honestly. I kind of usually do the fake laugh when we've got dad jokes on, you know? Because you're not a dad. It's like, well, maybe. But I thought that one was like genuinely, that one got a a genuine nose laugh out of me. (laughs) A little chuckle, cute little snort. I got another one if you guys are ready for it. Yeah, let's hear it. So so why does no one trust stairs? Because you have to, they're tired. They make me tired. 
They're assholes. <laughs> I hate stairs. <laughs> They're always up to something. There you go. Uh, you know what the, the worst thing about COVID is? And this is not my dad joke, but it is kind of funny. Um, but it, it kind of is a dad joke. The worst part about COVID, though, for real, when you're fat like me, is like every time you go up a flight of stairs, you don't know if you like <laughs> have COVID or just really out of shape. Because like you immediately start wheezing. <laughs> and I'm like, up the, I can't breathe. I have no clue if my lungs yeah, work anymore. Dude, when uh, when COVID like first started, like we were going into quarantine and stuff, like I get allergies and it was right around that time. And so like I'd go outside and I'd like get all stuffy and I'd be like, oh my God, I'm dying. And then, you know, like when, you know, like when you start thinking about your breathing and it's be- you like manually right. start breathing, like I'm doing it right now and I'm probably going to pass pass out <laughs> like that's been happening a lot with covid for me as well I, I was wondering how many people after wearing a mask have realized how bad their breath is uh yeah yeah you know, <laughs> no, one, no one's ever yeah. wore a mask but all of a sudden now everyone's wearing a mask everywhere and they're like oh man <laughs> good I point go that is a really good point yeah i'm not speaking from experience by the way sure <laughs> you're not Okay, Clayton. Clayton, you no, look like you no. got a coffee, coffee breath. breath you got coffee there. breath. Yeah. <laughs> Staying up late hours, trading that Asian session. You got to drink all that coffee. Right? Yeah, when uh, when COVID first hit and we all got locked down, and you know everyone was like, "Oh my God, I got to stay at home. I got to do all the." And I was like, "And I, you know, for the last three years, I, I get up, I go down to my basement, I trade. I've kind of been." Uh, you know, self quarantining myself for three years. It was kind of like a wake up call for me. It's like I only get out like one once once or twice a week. I need to, you know, I need to get out more. Did you did you wake up like a month or two ago and was like, oh, co COVID? We we're not allowed to leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like two two months behind everybody else. Well, I uh, yeah. I actually pulled most of my uh, trades because. You know, uh, when when the NBA decided to stop, right? That was like one of the first signs of that. I was like, okay, we're gonna go in lockdown over here in the states, and I was like, I have no idea what this is gonna do to the markets. But shutting down every business doesn't sound good, and uh, the markets are gonna react super super, you know, quick. So I uh, I actually pulled everything out of my forex my my investments i didn't pull up anything uh, but i got out of forex for that month and then uh i started <clears throat> changing i adjusted a lot of my strategies to more breakout momentum strategies because the volatility was just out out of the roof where normally i'm a, a mean reversion where i look for price to come back to its pivot and those plays just weren't working because you know, pairs were going skyrocketing past support and resistance levels. And if you if you were uh, holding on to that mean reversion, you were going to be waiting for a long time. And so <clears throat> talking about adjust, adjusting to the markets, you know, there's a, there's a perfect one for you. you yeah, know, for sure. We've traded yeah. through a COVID before. I don't I know. know anyone. I, I feel like I am really <laughs> upset that I didn't, learn about this before this happened because like i feel like i could have I, I capitalized on it you know like from you know the perspective of you getting pretty well you know getting the stimulus check and stuff like that but like i didn't capitalize nearly as well as i feel like i could have knowing what i know now only like eight months later you know what i mean like it's it's just it's not a quick learning process you know but you you can learn kind of trial by fire <laughs> and i feel like i learned a lot that would have been pretty valuable to know back in january but you know it is what it is so um well i think it's uh about time to wrap it up here it's uh getting late and i know mike's sick little buddy probably needs to go to bed don't you rest yeah oh, well thanks for having me on guys and i love the facebook group I love the podcast. It's, you know, listen to episode six today. I was a little late on getting it, getting it downloaded, but uh, 
great content. You guys are doing a, a, a good thing for all, all of your followers on Facebook and listeners. We appreciate that, man. It's just not, it's a wonderful, wonderful way to make a living. It's a lot harder than what people uh, are being told out there by these gurus or such that just want to sell you a book, right? My favorite mm-hmm. one is this one pattern has made me millions by my, <clears throat> you know, strategy. Mm-hmm. I don't know anyone that can just trade one pattern, right? If they are, great. They're waiting a long time for a double top or a double bottom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that one pattern is really just how many people can I suck into my scheme? <laughs> That's the pattern that they're <laughs> that they're using. Yeah, well, if you think about it, if a pattern works really well, right? Everyone knows about it. That's where the money's made, right? Like one of my strategies is I set my <clears throat> I set my entries where everyone I think everyone's going to put their stop loss because price will go there. It's going to react. Right where that stop loss is, because a lot of orders are going to get filled or closed. So where you know most people look at support and resistance, like as soon as it hits this support, I'm buying. I'm going to go a little bit deeper where the where those people that just bought on support, or these you know people have enough money to move a forex pair, like a bank or an institution, they're going to drive price a little bit down, close all those people out with tight stop losses soak up all those profits and then then move it where it needs to go mm-hmm. so you know i don't know if that's how it works in equities but man you know we call it stop loss hunting in forex where it looks like the broker knows exactly where your order was and you had a nice profitable trade you go to the bathroom and it big old wick goes down stops you out and then shoots up yeah yeah, it's crazy how how things can get manipulated and how those the big boys, you know, jump in and kind of bully us uh, us little ones. And that's why uh, that's why I think the Stock Dads Day page is so important is just providing, you know, resources and support and you know uh, just kind of a backbone to, um, you know, do things together and and you know understand that that uh you know we're all better when we learn together and and you know I just think that's a a great a great aspect of of the community. So with that said, I mean, um, if you haven't already checked out the stock dads page, uh, make sure you check it out. Make sure you come join us, uh, Clayton and a lot of others, uh, with a lot of experience are on there providing real value to one another. And, uh, we're just kind of learning how to build generational wealth together and, uh, having some fun while we do it, uh, making fun of each other, you know, ripping on Mike for not being a dad, you know, roasting each other, all, all typical dad stuff. It's a lot of fun. So, um, if you haven't already, come join our page uh, and you know connect with us. Um, thanks for listening to this podcast. Please make sure you you know subscribe so that you get automatically notified of uh, you know any upcoming episodes. And also, it helps us a lot too. And you just hit that one little button, uh, either downloading or subscribing. So um, I'm going to shamelessly plug that and just ask that you guys do those things so that we can uh, continue to grow and continue to provide awesome content. The the more support we get from you guys, the easier it becomes for us to get awesome guests on like Clayton to uh, come help us out and learn new things. So um, and new episodes go out every Tuesday morning. And uh, I think I've pretty much wrapped up all of our little spiels. Do I, am I, did I miss anything, Mike? Yeah, just uh, check check Clayton out too. If, you, uh, if you're interested in Forex or I know he does coaching. So, you know, if you have questions, reach out to him. Um, I mean, we can, where do you want to do a plug? Like, where yeah, can we'll, they find we'll put, you? We'll put Clayton's stuff in the, in the show notes as well. But Clayton, can tell tell the people where they can find you. Well, best place to get a hold of me is through the Stock Dads Facebook group. Uh, just ask any question you guys want. You could DM me directly in Facebook. Uh, they could go to my website, alanfx.com. Uh, pretty much on any social media platform as the day trading plumber or Clayton Allen. I do do a Sunday setups video <clears throat> on my YouTube channel every Sunday where I break down all 28 currency pairs and I kind of go uh, based on a daily chart support resistance. We're, we're higher, we have a higher probability of it going uh, you know, bearish or bullish that week. So if people are interested in just tracking along, seeing what I say on Sunday and then 
the next Sunday, seeing where price is, uh, they're welcome to join in. It's all free and they can start immersing themselves in how price flows on these currency mm-hmm. pairs. Yeah. yeah. It'd be a good place to, to maybe start and just see kind of how, how it works, get a more upfront view of it. So, yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of pivot pivot points and it's kind of the staple around all of my trading strategies. Uh, whether I use it as a take profit or an entry, um, you know, and people, people really, you know, when they watch these videos go, wow, I never realized how well price respects pivot levels. And it's the same, you know, same thing for stocks. You know, someone wants to start getting into charting, look at pivot levels. Uh, they really tell you a lot about where price is, you know, going uh, it, it's not a hundred percent, right? Nothing is a hundred percent, but price is definitely going to do something at pivot points. That's what I tell people. If you know, For it's sure. going to do something there, wait till it gets there. And then, you know, if it breaks out of that, that consolidation right at that pivot point, you know, it's highly probable it's going to go to the next pivot point. Yeah, no, that's super valuable. We appreciate that. And um, make sure you check out Clayton's uh, podcast as well. If you guys are listening to podcasts, you might as well check out the Day Trading Plumbers. A lot of valuable content on that as well. So, um, but yeah, guys, with that, I think we're going to wrap it up. Uh, it's been awesome. Thanks a ton, Clayton, for being uh, on the podcast. Thank you guys for having and, me. Yeah, and thanks for being part yeah, of the Stock Dads group. We really appreciate it. And uh, thanks to all of our listeners. We'll talk to you guys next time. We're out. See you. Over and out. Thank you for listening to Stocks and Sandals, a podcast by Stock Dads for Stock Dads. Make sure to subscribe for future episodes and join our Stock Dads community on Facebook and Instagram. But most importantly, don't touch the thermostat.